Welcome to the Cornerstone Truth New Creation Podcast. Each week we'll explore fundamental truths about the genuine love of Christ being manifest through His people, the Church. During these studies, we will discover that the sincere love of Christ flows from a pure heart, a good conscience, and a sincere faith. This is the goal of our instruction, and we are so thankful you're listening today. Well, if you'll grab your note sheets, and uh, we'll get started here in just a moment. And uh, one of the things that we used to do pre-COVID was to uh, uh, announce some really, really cool words of encouragement from those here in the audience, and uh, also to then to those uh, who are a part of the body of Christ. So I'm just going to uh, share them. I usually run around the the, the building and hand them out, but in light of being tied to the video, I don't want to leave you stranded as you're wondering where I'm going. So, uh, Mr. Drillinger, I'm assuming this is Jeff Drillinger. There are two of Mr. Drillingers here. Thanks for your lessons during assembly and your silliness before and after. All right, he's been told already. All right, uh, Mr. Weibert. It is so nice to hear you laugh. You are very funny. There you go, Mr. Weiber. And you know what? You are you are a very punny kind of guy. I love your Facebook posts. Okay. Oh, praise the Lord for the Kaikulas and the Fritz. Thank you for your presence here at the Pleasant Hill Church. We are so blessed to have you. Amen. Amen. And by the way, uh, uh, Keith has created a really great video of last year's G4 Summit. We're going to put it on the website, and then we're going to have it uh, posted to Facebook here uh, early this next week. So be watching for that, and it's all Keith's fault. So thanks, Keith. It's great. McKinney's, what a blessing you are to the body of Christ at Pleasant Hill. And I'm going to say amen to that one because I am really scared about technology, and, uh, and Brad and Scott keep me kind of out of trouble so there you go bill compton thank you for finding the will or the way to continue being encouraging during this trying time with weekly messages and midweek messages thank you mr keith you're awesome too so uh jeff sharon you're not here this morning for his tireless efforts on paint prep for the old box meaning the building so i'll have to get that to him tomorrow i'll see him tomorrow so by the way if you didn't know Jeff Sharon is out here almost every day scraping and scratching the building and power washing uh, to get it ready for paint. So what a great guy. And uh, you've already heard it before, but that beautiful grass out there was the brainchild of Michael Fleck. So and he doesn't like to be recognized, so don't look at him. Michael, <laughs> it's so great that Michael did that. It's gorgeous. It's absolutely gorgeous. And then, of course, uh, John West is helping keep it mowed. And John West gave me two bags of fertilizer to fertilize it. Uh, spaced out. I put both bags of fertilizer on it. And so we have a jungle out there. So it's rather funny. So anyway, the grass is growing. <laughs> yeah, say what? Yes, we did it perfectly. It poured rain after that. So, All right, let's grab our uh, note sheets and let's go ahead and begin. Turn in your Bibles to the book of Psalms in chapter 16 and verse 11. Psalm 16 and verse 11. And as I've shared with you before, I'll continue to share this. When you memorize a scripture, when you read a scripture, that's good. 
when you muse through a scripture, the word muse means to think through, to process, that's good as well. When you memorize it, that's fantastic. But when you go over it over and over and over again and you think about what component parts are in that scripture and what does each mean for the person, it's absolutely amazing what ends up happening. And so in Psalms in chapter 16 and verse 11, those three parts are evident. You can see them very clearly. But each part has a huge, huge number of corresponding passages in Scripture that tell us why being in the presence of God brings an understanding of how to live your life, the path of life, versus, as Jeff was saying, the the darkness in this life. Where's your focus? And then, of course, the joy, the, the fullness of joy. And there's several passages, and I hope to bring some things to light this morning, and then also, too, the, the pleasures forever. Now, who would think that you could live in this world having God present in you and you present in God because we're seated with him in the heavenly places, that you could have pleasures forever because some things in this life, if we have a wrong understanding, are not pleasurable. And I hope to bring that out in future lessons. But today, we're going to take a look at faith, hope, and love and how those three actually produce joy if you, in fact, by faith, are walking with him. Are you walking by faith or by sight? If you walk by sight, this world is a disaster and seems to be getting worse. And so if you're walking by sight, then there is no joy. What's there to be joyful about? It seems like it comes in waves. Have you noticed? We live on the Oregon coast. And you can't escape the the constant pounding of the coast with the waves. Well, it seems like just stuff comes in waves. So if you're focused in in this life only, there's going to be no joy. It will steal the joy. Now, you'll have an occasional woohoo kind of moment, but the reality is is that there's going to have these waves that are going to knock the joy out of you. And uh, we need to walk by faith and not by sight. But that faith has an element of hope. And faith and hope are superseded by love. For the greatest of these is love. Paul said, what remains? Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. And by the way, love is the greatest producer of joy in your life. So learn to love like Christ. Learn to love like Jesus. All right, so let's go ahead and read Psalms chapter 16 and verse 11. You will make me, you will make known to me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. In your right hand, there are pleasures forever. And the list, faith, hope, and love, starts obviously with faith. So turn with me to the book of Hebrews and chapter 11, verse 1, just to get a little bearing, defining faith here. Now, faith is the assurance or the absolute trust or assurance in God. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen, for by it the men of old gained approval. But then we move on to chapter 12. Look at chapter 12 and verse 1 and 2. Talking about faith, but joy now is introduced into this. Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, 
let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes, verse two now, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter or finisher of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. That's a very important passage. Critical, verse two. Let's read it again and recognize that Jesus walked by faith in this life and therefore had joy even on the cross in the most painful, excruciatingly painful time in his physical life, he had joy. Why? Because he walked by faith and not by sight. He didn't let the, the, the horrors of this life and the horrors of all that he saw around him and the horrors of your sin and my sin being poured into his body. He looked beyond that with eyes of faith and we need to do the same. And that's where we're going to start today. Let's pray. Father, help us to walk by faith and not by sight so our joy may be full. Help us to have a hope that is sure and steadfast and one that enters within the veil in heaven where we now presently are seated because of the great salvation we have received. Help that hope be an anchor for our soul for we are presently seated with heaven in heaven with you as you indwell us right now. So the moment that we breathe our last and the moment our spirit and our soul leaves us, we will immediately find ourselves in heaven with you, even as we are now, but we're still in this body. And then for us to fully understand your great love that you have for us now as your children, Father, all three bring about such great joy when we walk by faith and not by sight. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. And so my very first point today, we need to be refreshed, reminded of what uh, joy really is. Now, we did not talk about joy from the New Testament. We talked about joy last week from the Old Testament, didn't we? But let's look at both. And so if you just scribble a few notes down, and here's why, is because I want you to apply that definition to faith producing joy, hope producing joy, and love producing joy. And if you'll take those definitions and plug them in, where the word hope is in the scripture, then you'll get a better understanding of what's really being spoken about in regards to faith producing joy, hope producing joy, and love producing joy. All right, here we go. Uh, point number one, joy comes from the contentment and peace, not peach. I uh, didn't spell that one right, sorry about that. I know some of you get it at home. I do know how to spell peace. Uh, so anyway, uh, so joy comes from the contentment and peace in Christ. And so the, the Hebrew word for joy is really wonderful, to have a deep sense of contentment and pleasure. It's not the jumping around with a smiley face. It's having that deep sense of contentment, that peace inside that we have when we know all is well in the world you know and if we're looking around and we see all the craziness outside then we can lose that peace pretty quickly the root word for uh the hebrew word is to cheer up and make glad gladness means to be pleased and delighted 
having a deep sense of satisfaction with your relationships and with life. You know, a lot of people don't have that. In fact, I'd say the vast majority don't have that. And yet someone who's in Christ and thriving and growing in their relationship with Christ will have that deep sense of contentment and peace and gladness uh, that only Christians who are living as God has called them to live can really have. No one else can. Now, can you have moments of happiness? Yes. Moments of fun? Well, yes, everybody does and can. But that deep sense of all is well with my soul. The raging world around us, there is no peace, but in me there is peace. That's really what we're talking about here in this joy that really is, is, is magnified as we walk by faith. And so the Greek word for joy, to manifest cheerfulness. Now we know that G Jesus was not cheerful, and yet talk about a, a amazing presence of peace in Jesus Christ. As after he prayed in the garden and the angels came and, and helped him and encouraged him, after he said, not my will, but thine uh, be done, and the angels came and ministered to him. And then it, notice he was kind of in this mode where it's like he was all focused on concern for other people. You know, it's all going to be okay for me, but I want you to know you need to follow me. Otherwise, it's not going to be okay for you. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Mother, take your son. Son, take your mother. Hey, by the way, I forgive you for chewing me out just a moment ago. Today, you'll be with me in paradise. Oh, and by the way, for you guys down there that are crucifying me, I ask God to forgive you too. Talk about peace inside. Talk about a contentment. Talk about all is well with my soul. Even though when his father left him for three hours, he said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? He knew that was for a reason. Read verse two of Hebrews chapter 12. He did it for a reason, fixing our eyes on Jesus. See how Jesus did it. In the horrors of this life, the worst of the worst, Jesus, who is the author and perfecter of our faith, we possess his faith. Why? Because who for the joy set before him, Jesus, for the joy set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, sat down at the right hand of the throne of God, and established the church. That's you and I. You know, if Jesus wouldn't have hung on that cross, as Jeff said earlier this morning, if we hadn't have paid the full price, finished. All that I needed to do in this physical life, I accomplished. And then he was, then he was, he died. He gave up his, his breath. It was joyful for him to do that, even though it was exceedingly painful and difficult. It was joyful. Why? Because he, he knew that Matt and Jennifer Kaikula were going to become Christians. And someone said, when Matt and, Ka Matt and Jennifer Keichel are in the house, in the, uh, in point number two, Hebrews chapter two, we talked about that. But look at James chapter one, verse two and uh, two through four. James chapter one, verse two and four. This is for us. It says, consider it all joy, my brother, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And let endurance have its perfect result, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. So notice when there are struggles in your life, you can have joy if you have the right mindset. Would you agree that faith is having the right mindset and the right focus? 
How many would agree with that statement? Absolutely, positively. And so the right mindset and the right focus is, wow, God must really know that I'm growing because he's giving me a challenge I've never had before, and it's big. And so, wow, this is great. Now, you're saying, how can you have that kind of mindset? If you've, any of you have ever been in sports before, it's always awesome when the coach gives you a big assignment, you know, to do something that he knows that you could do. And you may not have done it before, but he knows you could do it. Hey, I want you to play this position tonight. <gasps> yeah, you could do it, man. I see you got all the skill set. All you got to do is play that position. And then what ends up happening? You play the position, you get comfortable with it, and then you get good with it. That's the same thing. You know, when you have challenges in your life, you shouldn't look at them as, oh, no, not another Monday. Now, Monday shouldn't be a challenge, but for some it is, okay? It should be all right. I get to do Monday again better than last week. Woohoo! Or something like that. It's the right mindset. Faith is a mindset. Faith is looking at what can be potentially in your life because you have the power and potential in Christ Jesus to be that way. Rather than, oh, no, I can't do it. I haven't done it before. I can't do it now. Oh, besides which, there's these things going on here, and it's horrible. Where is your focus? Is it on things above? Where was Jesus' focus? When he was in the garden, knowing what was coming. Father, reaching out to Father. Father, not my will, but thine be done. And the Father sent the angels so that he could fulfill and then all of a sudden, he powerfully went through the most horrible time in his life. You know, when horrible times come, do you look up or do you look around? When horrible times come, do you look up or do you look within? Because if horrible times come and you look outwardly, it's going to get worse. If you look inwardly, I guarantee the thing that you decide to do is going to be the wrong way to go. There's a right, there's a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it what? Leads to death. Yes, absolutely. So brethren, this faith is so important. So where's your mindset? Is it on things above or is it on things on the earth? Are you walking by faith or are you walking by sight? If you walk by faith, you can have joy in every circumstance. You know, right at the end of his life, once again, Jesus got excited because this is why I came. I came to bear the sins of the world. And then when the angels came and encouraged him, he knew he was going to get it done. And he powered through like no human being has ever powered through. He's set us an example for us. And you know, when we take a look at the next one, turning onto the back of your note pages there, hope in Christ brings great joy. You know, hope is, hope is defined as a confident expectation and anticipation of God's faithfulness to keep his promise. God promised that when I die, he's going to send some angels and give me an angel escort to heaven. You know, he's promised that for every single faithful Christian. Now notice I'm, I'm clarifying Christian here. Faithful Christian. Okay? Those who walk by faith and not by sight will get an angel escort. Now, if I die of COVID, I die of COVID. If I die in a, a car accident, I die in a car accident. If I die flying to Belarus in an airplane, I die flying to Belarus in an airplane. By the way, does God know the day and the hour of your death? Did he know it when you were conceived in your mother's womb, the day of your death? Why are you worried about it? He's all in charge, okay? All right? 
Don't tempt the Lord, the Bible says. So if you want to go out and jump out of an airplane without a parachute on, well, the Lord's going to say, I knew that was coming, you knucklehead. Don't jump out of an airplane without a parachute. You know what I'm saying? Don't tempt the Lord. And if the parachute doesn't open, well, there you go. (laughs) You should have packed it yourself instead of somebody else. Confident expectation and anticipation of the fulfillment of God's promises. Now that brings great joy. You know what's really awesome? If I am a, a godly man and I live according to the standard of the scriptures for my wife, God promised the blessings would come in my obedience. The blessings would come in my obedience. Are you ready for this? Even if my wife doesn't follow through with her side of the bargain. Wait a minute, that's not right. You know what? When you're obedient to the Lord, the Lord blesses. Amen? He doesn't say he's gonna, he's gonna, well, if you give, oh, I'm gonna get, if I give 10, I'm gonna get 100. If I give 100, I'm gonna get 1,000. He doesn't say that. He says, you give from a joyful heart and he'll return. It doesn't say what he's going to return. It just says he's going to return and bless you. Amen? You don't know how he's going to bless you. You be obedient. Because his promises are true and he will follow through. So you can have absolute assurance. That's why I love the definition for hope. Confident expectation and anticipation that God's going to follow through. Because if God promised it, he'll give it. You can bank on that. And I'm not talking about banking finances necessarily. But he will follow through. And look at Romans chapter 5, verse 1, 2, and 3. Romans 5, verses 1, 2, and 3. And we're going to look at three passages in the book of Romans. So just turn to Romans right now. And uh, Romans chapter 5, verses 1, 2, and 3. What a wonderful, powerful passage this is. There's so much to it. But I want to look at the joy part in regards to hope. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom or through Christ also we have obtained our introduction by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we exalt or literally rejoice. We actively manifest joy, that peace and contentment and pleasure in the relationship that was established with Christ We exalt in hope of the glory of God that he's not only given us a little bit of heaven through the Holy Spirit, the spirit of glory, but he guarantees the whole thing when he comes back again. And I don't know about you, but I love living that way. I don't fear death anymore. You know, Jeff was talking about fearing death. And you know what? It's okay to fear death because death is not a friend. I've heard preachers t- talk about this at, at uh, uh, what do you call it? Almost called him, almost at a wedding. Funeral. Death is our friend. It releases us from pain. Only if you're in Christ. But even then, it's really not a friend of those who are left behind. Hello? So we need to recognize and understand that to fear death, understandable. But the reality is, is that in Christ, you don't 
longer need to fear death. And the beauty of this thing is regardless of whether I go first or Sharon goes first, I will get to spend eternity with my beautiful, wonderful, sweet, best friend, Sharon. I don't know about you, but that is awesome. What a promise. I'm going to live uh, with that hope in mind. Look at Romans 12, 12. We are called here to live a life of love, to live a life of, of faithfulness. Uh, chapter 12, beginning there in verse 9. Let love be without hypocrisy, abhor what is evil, cling to what is good, be devoted to one another in brotherly love, give preference to one another in honor, not lagging behind in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, rejoicing that you are secure in heaven, and if you'll follow God's word, he will bless you as he said he will bless you. God is faithful. All men be liars, God is faithful. I don't know about you. But I have depended on reading the word of God and believing what it says and actually stepping out in faith and the anticipation of watching God fulfill his promises. And he does. So hope, real hope, can bring great joy. Now I have a litany of examples and I'd like to share them, but Time is, is passing away. I'm not yet, but time is passing away. So let's look at the last one. And the last is the best. It really is. God's love for us brings great joy. You know, if you do it right in the marriage relationship, if you, if you do it right with your kids, if you do it right with your dear beloved friends, man, I'm telling you what, it's such an amazing blessing as it comes back to you. Love is sacrificing self. That's so unlike the world. The world says sacrifice everybody else so you can get their stuff, right? Isn't that how the world works? It's sick, man. But the Christian understanding of love is you lay your life down for the other person and the blessings come back to you. And so let's read John chapter 15. I don't know if you believe Jesus when he speaks, but I sure do. And so I'm excited about the, the amazing love that he has for me. If you've been around the Pleasant Hill Church for a while, I did two series on the love of God, both of them about three years long. That means I've been here a long, long time. And uh, so uh, they were amazing lessons. In fact, I went up to uh, the, the church up in uh, uh, Boring and, and preached there several evenings on the love. I don't think I took three years, though, to do it. Okay. You guys were just picked it up real quick. That's why. So, so anyway, John in chapter 15 and verse 9 down through verse 13. Beautiful passage. John in chapter 15 and in verse 9. Just as the Father has loved me, I have also loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, so that you may your joy may be that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be may be full. Where's the fullness of joy, by the way, in Psalms sixteen eleven? fullness of joy is in the presence of God. The fullness of joy is abiding in the love of God. 
the fullness of joy, if, if we recognize the great love that God has for us and we're willing to be a responsive bride. Does the Bible not say that the brides are supposed to obey their husbands? Yes or no? As what? As Christ laid his life down for the church, so husbands lay your life down in total, complete, and perfect sacrifice for your wife and your kids. Wives, Submit to your husbands. Why? Because we as the church are supposed to submit to him. And when we do, there is such a love relationship between you and Christ. I had someone say not too long ago, man, I just feel so, I, I, God is so far away from me now because of all my poor choices. And, and I said to this person, I said, it's not that God's far away from you. God's not far away from you at all. God's ever present. He's present everywhere but you just said it because of the poor choices you pulled away from God. It would be like a wife making poor choices and going after other people and other things and not to be faithful to her husband. That's really what it is. You abide in his love. You love him sacrificially. You hear him call you through the scriptures and you humble yourself and you obey what he says through the scriptures out of love, not out of fear, but out of love, out of being a faithful bride of Christ. And the love which God has for you will be manifest moment by moment and that peace and that contentment and that joy will be fully yours. And you know, when you love people, turn to 3 John. We, we looked at this last week, but I want to do it once again. You know, when you love people, with the love of Jesus Christ, no strings attached. It's amazing what comes back to you. In 3 John, beginning there in verse 2, Beloved, I pray that in all respects you may prosper and be in good. This is 3 John, little John, right at the end. Okay, I want to make sure we're in the right one. It's a little one right, right at the end, right before Jude and Revelation. Beloved, I pray that in all respects you may prosper and be in good health just as your soul prospers. For I was very glad when the brethren came and testified to your truth. That is how you are walking in the truth. Remember last week? Walking in Christ. Meaning you are obeying his every word as he beckons you to grow in faith. You're drawn in to follow him as you read his word and hear his voice. And as a good wife, as a good bride, you humble yourself to serve him and the blessings will come back. Notice it says here, it says, uh, I, have, I have no greater joy than this to hear of my, my children walking in the truth. Beloved, you are acting faithfully in whatever you accomplish for the brethren and especially when they are strangers and they have testified to your love before the church. Listen, this is so important to understand. If you sacrificially lay your life down for someone to draw them into Christ and you have the privilege of immersing them into Christ so that they might be raised up to walk in newness of life as a child of God, they then are your children, spiritual children, children of the faith. Paul said that many people were his children, not biological. Paul never was married, but they were children of faith. And I'll tell you what really moves me is when people who I've taught then 
become active in loving others with the faith of Christ and drawing them into Christ. It's absolutely amazing how that works. You know, I I so appreciate uh, so many young Christians, young Christians who are who are seventy something. Isn't that right, John? Yeah, just the babes in Christ at seventy plus years old. Uh, and you know, what's so fun is that is that John is sharing sharing these lessons with people that he knows. I don't know about you, man, but I hope I'm as as uh, willing to try new technology when I'm your age as I am not willing to do right now at my relatively young age. But man, you're sharing with people and people are commenting and people are watching. So if you're watching today, thank you. Thank you, John. But here's the, here's the coolest thing. I've been studying with Ann Shlokovich and Ann's got a new last name. She was married uh, and she was immersed into Christ last December in Belarus. And she asked if I would ask a, a blessing during their wedding. It wasn't going to work. So she said, well, I'm going to get uh, Stoss, her fiance here. And she said, would you ask a blessing over our, our marriage? She didn't say wedding. She said marriage. I said, oh, yeah, absolutely. And so we asked a blessing over their marriage. And I'll tell you what, those kids are really doing it right in Belarus. In Belarus, it's crazy. Hus- husbands walk away from their wives. Stoss is a hardworking young man. He's amazing. And he loves Anne. So when I prayed that blessing, it was so wonderful and and they were so thankful. And so we continued to study. And uh, Anne told me that she was working with one of her classmates and her classmates wanted to know about how to become a Christian. I have no greater joy There's no greater joy than the love of Christ being manifest through Anne to one of her classmates. So notice the love of God is is pouring through us and it's changing the world. And there's no greater joy than that. If you're not sacrificing like Jesus Christ, if you're not walking in Christ, as it says, there's going to be very little, if any, joy. But if you'll walk by faith and not by sight, if you'll believe his promises and and you'll you'll anticipate that he is going to deliver on the promises that he made, that's what's real hope. And that you'll love like he loved, there will be joy after joy after joy after joy poured into your life and so that there will be a gladness and there will be a fullness of peace, a fullness of contentment that even when the hard times come, they'll shake you a little bit. It's nice because you'll go right back to, I want to remember the peace and the contentment and the joy that I had. And you'll come back to that faith and you'll come back to that hope and you'll come back to that love. Brethren, the world is going absolutely crazy and our brother Jeff Drillinger was absolutely right. People are terrified and fearful that the world's coming to an end. Well, someday it will. The reality is, It's life eternal is ours in Christ Jesus. And we can have joy now in fullness as we'll have joy when we walk with him face to face. 
Because how many of you know that you can walk with him face to face right now? You can right now walk with him face to face, heart to heart, mind to mind. But are you willing to make the sacrifice, the investment? I pray that you will. Because the joy, the fullness of joy can be ours. Let's pray. What a great and glorious Lord's Day you've granted to us, Father. And I am so thankful for the joy that was experienced before the, the, the preaching and the teaching started. And I know that will continue in just a few moments. How thankful we are for the relationships that we have with each other and the blessings that we have by being brothers and sisters in Christ. Ones who are faithful, same purpose, same mission, same vision, same hope, same faith, same Lord. How awesome it is to be so close to those who are on their way to heaven as well. I pray, Father, that we would help share this with others sacrificially, that the joy, the real joy of being a Christian will be manifest. Not fun and games only, although those are fine, but those aren't real joy. Help us to have the true joy that comes through faith and hope and love. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you very much for being here. And Lord willing, we'll see you next week. Don't forget Wednesday night, 7 o'clock, God and government changing the republic the way it was supposed to be. Thank you. Bye now. Thanks once again for listening. To download today's lesson plan or find out more about Cornerstone Truth Podcast and our church, please go to www.cornerstonetruth.org or email us at thecornerstonetruth at gmail.com. Have a blessed week.